And we're back with another episode of the MDM Podcast. Joe Morales, Trevor Markowski here on this Thursday afternoon. Trevor, the MLB has finally locked out the players. There'll be no transactions, uh, lots of arguing, lots of finger pointing, and probably a ton of new rule changes come spring training and opening day. Trevor, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's, it's kind of a somber day if you're if you're if you're a baseball fan. Seeing all this stuff go down, the sports now locked out. It, it's just Somber and, and bizarre. But are you surprised now? I was not surprised now. Were you? No. No, not at all. Not at all. It, it kind of came harder because all, all this free agency was, was going. It was almost like, Trevor, we were going full speed with free agency, and we crashed right into a brick wall. That, that's pretty much what happened. And some big free agents that like to sit out during the work. work yes. Stuff. Yes. And by the way, before we get started, I saw today that Justin Verlander's contract was never official. Did you see that? I did see that. Is that true, actually? They never confirmed his. He's still free. Never confirmed his contract, which is so bizarre because it was reported weeks ago. So he's still technically out there. He's still out there, yeah. But not, not really, though. Well, I mean, why haven't they got it done? They had three weeks to do it. That's very true. So, but we are here, Trevor, to uh, discuss what the heck is going on in Texas right now between the owners and the players. Uh, who's right and who's wrong in your opinion. And I'll open it by saying this. I tend to side with the players here because I think it is extremely messed up what the owners are doing right now. They are, for their own monetary gain, restricting the players from getting to free agency earlier while also trying to put these asinine rule changes on the field, whether it's the expanded playoffs or any other dumb rule they liked, whether it was a runner on second, or seven-inning double-headers, which I know you're a fan of some of those. But I think it is messed up for the owners to hold out money like this in favor of getting their rules on the field. I agree with you. I mean, I think the biggest thing with the owners is that their big thing is that with the money, because it seems like they don't want the luxury tax to go up, and they feel like they're giving away too much money in contracts. Yes. That's, that's what I see is the big issue. No, they want... Uh, well, they don't want a salary for it. That's number one. They don't. I guess the small market teams don't want to be forced to spend. They don't want to rise in the salary caps because they don't want to be taxed when they do spend. And their big thing, and this is going to be the main thing that the players want and the owners are going to try and hold out from it, and there's going to be negotiations and, 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 and you know, holding out. We want these rules and whatnot. The big thing is getting players to free agency earlier. And the players want somewhere on four or five years, less team control. They want to be able to get the free agency earlier. Meanwhile, the owners want to be able to hold on to the players and hold on to a, hold on to them longer so they can have more team control and let's use them for cheaper. Who do you think is right now? I, I, I have to start with the players here, dude. Because if you're going to hold out you know, their pay raise until they're 30. It's say you come up as 24, which is normal in the MLB. If you hold out their pay till they're 30, they're, they're almost out of their prime by that point. What do you think on this stuff? Uh, you know, I think there's got to be a, a middle ground somewhere. I don't know what the right answer is or the wrong answer is. Mm-hmm. But there clearly is a misconnect. There's no question about it. Um, and clearly the misconnect has to be figured out. Whether, you know, is it too, you know, you know, come in the middle, do they compromise? I don't know what it is, but there clearly is a disconnect. There's no question about that. No, no, there, there, there clearly is. And 
the big thing with me, and there's two ways they can go about it, or, or there, there's one thing they can do to to make this go clear, and that would be just restricting team control, so less arbit or less team less arbitration years, and just having team control. But the big thing to me is that you have an inequality between players who come from foreign countries and players who are drafted in the United States. If you have a player who signed out of the Dominican Republic at 16 years old, they are getting to the major leagues quicker than players who were born here and, you know, were drafted in in college at 21 years old. So those players are, are most likely coming up at 24 years old, meaning they're eligible for agency at 30. And the players from the Dominican Republic, they can start playing like Juan Soto at 19 or 20 years old. And they're hitting frequency yeah. at 26. Now, to be fair, most of those guys from the Dominican Republic are better than most of the Americans. To be fair, a lot of the top. That's the, 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 what do you mean by that? I'm saying that the guys who come out of the Dominican Republic and those guys mm-hmm. who get called up right away seem to be more advanced as they're younger compared to our American colleagues here. It just well, seems that way. That's a blatant statement, but I, I, I guess it can go back to, you know, they don't really do much besides baseball. Their, their life is baseball. I mean, to be, I mean, to be fair, in their, in their high school, to be fair, I don't know what it is. I mean, in those countries, what else do you have besides baseball? Soccer? That's it? No, they, they barely. Barely. Still a sport. Here, we have, besides baseball, we have football. We have basketball. We have hockey. We mm-hmm. have lacrosse. Soccer. Uh, you know, that's just a few on the top of my head. So that's why maybe they have because they have, because they have to remember this. Very few kids just do strictly baseball. Right. And those are the top 1% right. who make it. You know, a lot, a lot of those kids are doing, I mean, there's no really other sport that are. Maybe soccer, but that's spotty down there. But No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. They're definitely just doing baseball so they can they can work on their craft much easier. But those guys are going to hit free agency much earlier than someone born in the United States. And, and that, that's not a problem. That's just how it is. But I feel to to help the American-born player so they don't hit free agency at 30, you can reduce the years of, of team control. And I'm not saying that you have to make the players from foreign countries more controllable, meaning that you hold them longer until they hit free agency. That wouldn't be right. But I almost feel as if 30 years old is just too late and players are out of their prime. I agree with you. And the other thing, too, is that was a big advantage to them is compared to like some parts of America up here in Michigan, there's a couple months that... You can't play baseball. You can't play. Like now. Yeah. You can't. You have to go to an indoor league, which is, you know, still not the same. Right. I mean, Trevor, yeah. look. look Good. Down 70, 80 degrees all year round. You know, here it's different. There's a good four or five months that you can't play up here. And I feel that's why some of these, ba- some of the best baseball players, and you look at the top of the draft every year, California, Florida, Arizona is becoming a big one. Texas. They all come from warm weather states where they can play year round. Georgia is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, 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 that's also an obvious disparity. Now, the point isn't to sit here and, and cry poverty. The point is making it a, an earlier free agency for everybody creates a better place for the players to earn more money and actually get paid for, for their worth. But the owners are a fan of that because they want more team control, which is understandable. That's what they want. They want to conserve money. But if you're talking from a humanity standpoint, from a player standpoint, I think you got to lower the free agency age. Like Aaron Judge, he's been on his rookie contract for how many years now? Uh, he, he, Jude, he, we've had him since 2016, right? 
2017? Feels like forever. I know. I thought. I thought last year was his free agency year. It turns out it's not even this year. And Aaron Judge is going to be able for free agency until he's 30. Now, I, I personally just don't think that's right. Now, Trevor. Um, now, what if now they're not signing him to an extension? That's a whole other issue. But, you know. But, uh, it is, you know. It is. Hey, but we're without baseball now. We can't even discuss signings. Well, I believe I wouldn't agree. The only thing that can happen is you can't release anybody. That can't even happen. Dude, they, they can't even talk to their trainer. Jamison Tyone, who's in a walking boot from his surgery, can't even talk to his trainer. Yeah, the only thing that can happen is teams can talk to other teams about trades, but they can't make them official yet until it's over. That's right. the only thing that can I think, I think you're right. That's it. Now, the stuff can happen on the minor league side. That can happen. Mm-hmm. Well, like, signings and all that to minor league. But what, that's it. One of the things that the owners and players sort of agree on, but not real, is it's extended playoffs. And the owners want it to a, a radical extent. They want 14 or 16 playoff teams. Meanwhile, the players want to use the 12 playoff teams as, as a bargaining chip to maybe earn, you know, less team control. So, I well, mean, I think, I, I think we've made our points pretty clear on, on expanded playoffs. I hate it, but uh, what are your thoughts on the expanded playoff stuff? Well, I don't like it, but I think for the owners and the players, maybe that's a starting point. Right. I, th- I think that's the main point of uh, uh, bargaining. So I'm not a big whatever proposal comes out. I'm not going to be. A you you, you are in more. Fa- you're in. You want more games, not teams. More games, not more teams. Right. So how um, how exactly would you go about that? Adding more games. In, in like making the division series seven games. No, I, I would the wild card the best out of three. I wouldn't. Best I'm not a fan of that. Or you know maybe maybe if you don't make the wild card the best, I think maybe make the. The division series are best out of seven. Yeah, I, 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 if if we're gonna go with that, I'd probably say division series. You, I don't think you can make the wild card game a series because it's supposed to be a one and done thing because you didn't win your division. It's a pen, it's yeah. a penalty for not winning your division. So if I was advocating for more games, I would give you those two proposals. Yeah, I, I would do that. And I, I talked about this before with with a friend, and and we we got into it a little later too. If you are the like, let's play owners and players here. I'll tell you, Trevor. I will give you expanded playoffs. I will expand the 12 playoff teams. But in return, you give me no runner on second, no extra, no uh, seven-inning doubleheaders, uh, the DH only in the American League, and a, I don't know, uh, a, any other rule, uh, an 18-second pitch clock. What would you say to that if you're the owners? I would say, wait at a 20-second pitch clock. I agree with the seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, now the expanded playoffs, I would accept that under two conditions. Mm-hmm. One, the DH comes in the National League. Two, the runner on second starts in the 16th inning. But don't you, but it, it's, okay. Uh, the runner, I hate the, you know I hate the runner on second, right? Well, in the 16th inning, like what never happens. Right. Trevor, so, the, the, the other thing that the. Wait, 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 Joe, Joe, would you say yes to that? Probably not. No, I I don't think. I, for, I, first of all, I don't want to expand the playoffs, and um, the I think a fifteen second pitch clock is actually where I would be. I, I was gonna go with twenty second, but I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, it's it's not a terrible idea. I probably I probably would say yes, Trevor. I would, but you know, I I still feel that's gonna be the main point of of arguing is or they're gonna use it as a, as a chip is expand the playoffs. That's gonna be the main one here in regards to uh, team control. You know, Joe, the the one thing would propose this too, and this would never happen, is cutting the regular season from 162 to 154. 
I, I'm, not I know, I'm not opposed to that. And I know you were gonna say I know that you're not against that. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. To me, I, I think you can do away with interleague play and limit it to down to somewhere on 140 games if you just get rid of interleague play entirely. Well, I, I, you're a little more radicalized than I am. <laughs> I'm just saying 154 just because people start in March. It's getting ridiculous now. It's, it is. it's too cold. I, I In our area, it's too cold. I agree with that. Just to push it a week back to start it in like the first week in April. So I, I would even be okay with going down to somewhere around like – 132 games. Like, I, I, that's probably the lowest I would go. Would cut it by 30 games because then you could well, start in mid April and it's not freezing cold. Well, first of all, the owners would never agree to that in the first place. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you think the players would? I don't know. 154, my proposal has a better shot than right. Probably. No, you're probably right. I, real quick, you, you could respond to this. My ideal MLB thing would be 132 games every off day, no uh, every Monday off day, and no interleague play. So you'd run from mid-April to October, October or, or early October. I don't think anyone would go for it, but that would be my thing. And you like 154 games, so I, I, I would say this: I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I would just leave it at that. Well, it, we see, we seem to agree on oh, we're okay with shortening the season. We, we seem are. to agree on that. Now, another point of contention is no. the salary cap and, and floor. John, I'll just make one point. If they're yeah. going to shorten this, and it's definitely going to be expanded playoffs if that's going to happen. Uh, you yeah, I mean? you're probably right then. At that point, no. yeah. Now, the, other, the, other, the last big thing that they're arguing on is the salary cap, salary floor, and luxury tax. The players want a salary floor and a raise of the luxury tax, and the owners, well, Simply do not. Trevor, I'm a fan of the salary floor. I'm not so much a fan of the luxury tax at all, but we'll start with the salary floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I love the salary floor. I love it. I think, I, I agree with you on this. It, it's more competitive. I think it'll make baseball better. Mm-hmm. They spend so much. Now, the, now they proposed luxury tax rise is from 210 to 240. Is that right? Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of luxury tax because you're punishing yes. free agents. I agree. I I would eliminate the salary cap, but I would go with a luxury floor. What would be the base price you have to pay? I, we can make it up. 100, 120, 150. I was, I was going to go with uh, 95 million. 95? I, I, I would go a little more. It's We agree. I would go 125, maybe 150. But you know what? You know what? There could be a way, and I wouldn't be opposed to this. Let's start at 95. And, and, and go know, up as the years go on? And if you want to make a 105 in, let's just use these two years to graduate right. 9,500. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. But at least we agree on the fact that there shouldn't be a luxury tax. I agree with you on yeah. that. Yes. I agree with you on that, Trevor. Now, um, I hate to cut the short, short Trevor, uh, short, uh, show short Trevor, but we will be back on Monday to talk some Giants football. But um, we'll take a break. When we get back, we'll continue on uh, the MLB and their lockout. This is still the MDM podcast. Now we're back from break, and we're now joined by our MLB, I guess you call correspondence, whatever the new word is, but it's uh, their debut for that. But they have been on the Fantasy Baseball Show before, Chris and Davin. How are you guys doing? Hey. I'm doing good. All right, so we'll continue our MLB lockout coverage by going into exactly what the owners and players both want. So we'll go point by point. I'll let you guys start by, by giving your opinions, and, I'll, and then I'll go. And then we can almost debate it as if we are in a bargaining agreement, as if we were playing sides of the owner and player. If we disagree, if we agree, whatever, we'll move on and go to the next one. But the first one is on the side of what the players want. 
And one of the big points that causes this lockout is the fact that the players want an earlier free agency. So that would be a downgrade from the six years it would take now to get the free agency. And presumably they wanted to go down to around five. So they would they would find some way to make that work. We'll start with you, Robert. How do we feel about lowering free agency? I I absolutely agree with it. I feel like you look at all the other sports in retrospective to baseball, you look at the NBA, you look at uh you look at the NFL, these guys have chances to uh get better contracts elsewhere and if not, then they're forced to, you know, sign an extension. I feel like the club has too much control on the player right now. Especially they're I mean, they're getting younger and younger. You have to you have to really think about you know, what are we doing here? Because Juan Soto, he came up 18, 19 years old. And he's still under contract. He's, he's in his arbitration years now, I believe, but he's under contract for a very long time. Yeah, he was on, uh, and I'll add to the point, he was on team control for, I think, about three years, if I'm correct there. Yeah. So, Chris, you're so I feel like I, I'm in support of it. I think it should be lowered to either four or five years. And I'll agree with Davin here. I think uh, team control is one of the big problems. Three years of team control is nuts. That's three. That's a guy. That's just three years into a uh, player's. Uh, I guess into his. Uh, you know, career? into his seasons. Yeah, into his career. And I don't know. I think that should be lowered to at least one year, and then maybe lower an arbitration year. But if you honestly just lower the team control years, uh, arbitration should be fine. Honestly, um, I just think but... team. That's my opinion. Uh. I'm going to play devil, because I do agree with you guys, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for one second. And to Robert's point, the fact that MLB players have to wait longer to get the free agency. The reason for that, in my opinion, is the fact that MLB players tend to have a longer lifespan, if you want to call it, uh, for, in terms of playing career. In the NFL, guys retire at 32 years old. In every other sport, they tend to retire early. Meanwhile, a guy like Rich Hill, who's 43, just signed with the team yesterday. So to your point, Robert, I feel the lifespan of baseball players is much shorter. Well, I feel like there's a couple exceptions to that. I mean, you could you could say the same thing about you know NFL players. I don't think it, I, if I was if I was to assume, I would assume that a large amount of NFL players retire like 35, 36 years old. Hmm. Not not all of them are you know drop dead at 31. So I mean, I I understand it. I under I understand football is a more physically it's more physically tolling, mm -hmm. of course, but it, it also the, this is this is a point of defending the players and the talent that they have. Robert Chris good good. I also think you have to throw in here. You know, players are usually in their prime around thirty years old, so I'm sure they would like to get a long term deal when they turn probably when they turn around twenty six, because that's when you're only going to be able to probably get at least. A, 10-year deal because at 36 years old you're probably only going to get one or two year deals at that point so i think that's what they would really like and that's why they want to enter free agency early like at around maybe 25 years old if you're coming up as a 21 year old but for the i feel there's a difference between players who come here through the draft and players who come here through international free agency which is a point we'll get to in a few minutes because they are split on that but the difference is for players who are drafted in America, I almost feel, and I, I feel the numbers back it up also, that the guys come up later. 
if you're just say someone in the Dominican Republic, you're getting signed at 16 years old, and you're climbing through the minor league rankings faster than someone being drafted out of a, 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 in junior year in college at 21 years old. So when you when you get to that kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not fair. Uh, inequality between yeah, people coming major from difference. yeah people coming from outside of America between people drafted here. It, the the age that you start playing is vastly different. But a flat rate of twenty five years old, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, definitely without a doubt. That's why I don't think it should be at a certain age. I just think if you lower team control years and maybe three years of arbitration, that should be fine. And it should be where you're coming out of free agency. If you're coming up as a 23-year-old, you know, you're getting out of free – you're going to enter free agency maybe when you enter 28, maybe you enter at 27, and you should still be able to get a nine-year contract, maybe eight years, maybe a 10-year contract, which is something I'm sure they would like to be able to do. Robert, Chris brings up the point that team control years should be lowered, but the owners want um, war uh, – arbitration, meaning they want the stat war to depict how much you get paid in arbitration. Do you side with the owners here, or do you side more with Chris when it comes to team control or arbitration? Well, I agree with the owners in the point that it's important that we, that the league reflects these stats, and I feel like war is a very important stat, especially when you're evaluating a player's value, and uh, I think it's important to look at that, but you can also see Chris's side, whereas you know, it's just the owners trying to manipulate money and they're trying to get the cheap way out and they're trying to get the player the cheapest way possible. So I, I feel like that's a very good um, compromise if you if you play it by war because the player will get what's what's coming to them. It might it might be less, they might be disappointed, they, it might be more, they might be excited. But you also have to consider that, you know, that these players they 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 pretty much almost want more than they they ask for they, they always want more than what they ask for Robert, and that's that's the problem with these agents like scott boris who you know they think they that the players the you know like they got the pictures of 41 million 33 million dollars that's an issue chris your thoughts on uh on the war arbitration um i would i think i would like to see how the impact it has over the years um but overall, I mean, I just it's it's about waiting and seeing what it's gonna be like and how it ends up being. What you know, is it what war stat are you using? Because there's many different war stats for fan graphs, baseball reference. I would like to see how that all balances out. The second thing the players want, and it sort of ties into team control years, is the they want to stop abusing service time. So the rule is right now you can be held in the minor leagues until a certain date in April. Now let's just make up a day, April 29th. If you were called up after April 29th, so if you get called up on April 30th, the team is given an extra year of team control. Uh, the players want to do away with that. What are your thoughts on that, Dab? I absolutely agree with it. And I feel like you. there's a lot of players in this league that are journeymen, they travel up and down, they're off the roster because of injury. I think I think that's to the player's benefit if you remove if you remove service time from the contract. Chris? I completely agree there. I think service time manipulation is a problem. And you saw it a couple of years ago. I think it was Eloy Jimenez 
uh, he had a problem with it. Uh, Chicago White Sox outfielder. Yeah, follow grievance. Um, and I do think that will be fixed. Um, I am curious to see how they fix it though. Would I? Would I? Because I'm I'm a mental patient. I came. I was writing down different ideas I had for this stuff, and one of the things I came up with, and I, I have two, and I go back and forth, and you know, I let the the arbitrators, I guess, decide um, how they would do this. It would be either starting the clock for service time at the all-star break or as soon as you're put on the 40-man roster. One is a little more extreme, but the other one you could also see the same problem with what you have on April 29th. So I, I, I go back and forth here, but those are two ideas I had. Now, this is what I had, and I'll my idea was service time starts as soon as you get put on the 26-man roster Okay. instead of the 40-man. I think it kind of balances out there because the 40 men might be a little too extreme, but I think it's, you know, as soon as you put, get put onto that 26 man roster, it's a good time to start your service time because you're put, you know, you're on the bench and you're waiting to play basically. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good compromise. Davin? I I agree with Chris. I, the 40 man roster, I feel like it's too, um, it's too vague almost. The 20, the 26 or 25 man roster, whatever it is now, the, that roster, that's pretty much that's the players that play. Right. I think I think that's a good line. That's a good line to draw when you're uh, when you're uh, paying contracts. It's the players that play. And yeah, like, like, like I said, the best players. And I even said it here. Uh, even if they get taken out of the 26 man roster and put onto the 40 man service time, will still continue. But as soon as they enter the 26 man roster, you know, it's kind of when you're with the team, you're you're on the bench, maybe you're maybe starting. And if you're a reliever, you know, you're just an extra reliever in the back. You're still getting service time because you're on the 26-man roster. You know, we're two for two so far. The third one the players want, and I, I have four down here. If I missed one, we can definitely bring it up. Um, the players are in favor of creating a salary floor, meaning you have to spend a certain amount of money to uh, – to, to start playing, I guess, I guess you could say. So whether the number is 100 million, 150 million, whatever it is, they want something to do with a, with a salary floor. Your guys' thoughts on that? I'll start off here. Um, This is something I see that both MLB and the players you want. I think this will happen. I am projecting it. I saw that the MLB proposed a $100 million salary. I think maybe they'll go more aggressive. I could see it being between 125 to 150, and I think that's great. I would like to see every team try to compete. And there's teams out there that are have a four, that are only spending $40 million on players. I'm sorry, Max Scherzer is making more one year than the team is paying to their players, and that team is going to end up being in last place. Right, I completely that, agree. I, I completely agree. David? I, I'm, I'm with you guys as well, three for three. I... I think it's very it's going to be very refreshing if we institute a salary cap because we're going to see teams small market teams like the Oakland A's who are running out of money and the Tampa Bay Rays who have to be creative with their money to actually start spending and you know it it's important it's an important aspect of winning spending money and owners they see that they see teams like the Rays and they see teams like the Athletics and they and they say ooh we can we can get the easy way out I, I just I flat out I disagree with it because it's also it's very important when you look 
at the bad teams, and th this is designated. You can look at the bad teams, Joe, and you can look at the good teams, and you know what the small market teams are. There's bad small market teams, and there's good small market teams. Mm -hmm. It's also like, like the Texas Rangers, for example. They started spending. You know how refreshing that was to see them start spending? Right. It's because, that was actually and really Seattle refreshing. Because right. the, the owners are scared. Right. Now, I got one question for everyone. What does everyone – what is the prediction here uh, for the salary pool for? I was, I was, yeah, I was going to ask Davin because you said one twenty-five, Chris. Mine's one fifty. What would you be? What would yours be, Davin? You, you said, you said one fifty. I mean, I could, I could see them definitely going up to one seventy-five. What would you? I know you're not like in in these bargaining areas. If you had to say one, which one would you be? Like a number. I, I, I would I would probably be more on the 150. 150? Okay. No, it, it doesn't really matter. I'm just asking because Chris gave mine and I gave yours. I think it will start up small, but over time it will increase probably. Right. Now, the the, the argument of, of luxury tax and the owner, I mean, not luxury tax, uh, uh, salary cap. The owners haven't necessarily came out and said salary cap, but I actually think it's one of the things that both sides agree on is not wanting a salary cap. But. What to do with the lug with the luxury taxes is still up for debate. The players want a more uh, a higher luxury tax. The owners really haven't said too much about it, but the players are definitely on board with a uh, higher luxury tax. What do you guys think on that? I agree. I think I, definitely I think agree a higher luxury. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, Devin, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I I have it to where I think it should increase from two ten. I think it's at two ten right now. I'm going aggressive. I think it should be increased to 240, maybe even higher. And then I would I would lower the penalties. I the penalties are right now from 25 to 90 percent. I would I would lower it between 15 and maybe 60 percent. That that is my prediction. I think that will happen, and I agree with it. Robert, I, I think it's very important that the luxury tax is there because it serves as somewhat of a of a punishment of you know going over the line. And we see that a lot with the with the Mets. I mean, Steve Cohen's going to have to pay a luxury tax, but he has no problem at all paying that luxury tax because, I mean, look what he's getting out of it. And if he has no problem paying the luxury tax because of how small it is, then I think maybe it should be raised a little bit. Yeah, see, I definitely, I, 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 I definitely he, agree there. Here's where I, I don't think there should be a luxury tax at all. I feel once you start capping teams from spending money, you're limiting what they can do in free agency. If you had 100%. a, a $240 million salary cap and a team like I'm, – I'm using a random team here. The Toronto Blue Jays didn't want to go over it, but they could go out and sign Carlos – I'm using examples here. Carlos Correa, I think it's better for the sport that the Toronto Blue Jays give Carlos Correa the money he deserves rather than them having to skip on him because they don't want to pay Norman Lang in taxes. I think there's also a strategy to it. I A team like the Toronto Blue Jays, they – they have spent money, and you know that they've spent money. But it's just this is more of a league-wide. Th this is better for the league, it, and it holds the owners accountable. In a Why way. for for trying to be competitive? Yeah, but you, I agree. I agree with the concept of spending the money, Joe. But you can't just be throwing it willy-nilly. Why? And and that's and that's what that's what the other owners are scared of with super teams like the Mets and Dodgers. But if you have a if you have there. a salary floor, you can do you can do that. I suppose I suppose you can, but at the same time, it's important to hold the owners accountable. For, accountable for what? 
what are they doing wrong? They're spending money. They're try they're making their team competitive. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Other teams have the ability to do it. Teams are going up in value right now. That's what that's what I would like to understand. Why aren't other teams doing it? Well, Chris, I, I that's more of a cheapness. Yeah, that that is what I think the problem is. I mean, look at the 2021 Dodgers. Does anyone want to take a guess what their total payroll was? Uh, two ninety something. Joe, what do you think? Mm, I'd say two two seventy. Uh, Joe, right on the clock, right there, two seventy one, and they should be allowed to do that. There's no problem with spending two hundred seventy one million dollars on players, in my opinion. Because look what they do every year. They make the playoffs. They have a great regular season. There's nothing wrong with that, and other teams have the ability to do that. They could spend $150 million on players, and I think that they should be, they should be able to do that, and that's what the salary floor will do. That's, that's, that's a fair point. That's what I think. So just to recap, I want no salary cap uh, uh, or no luxury tax. Davin, you want to tax if, – if you had to give a, a money, a monetary amount, what, what would you say? For a luxury tax? Again, I mean, just, for, just for – yeah, just just for fun, say it. It depends how, how far over you go. Okay. So I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you think it should be raised or should it, should it stay at, at like 210? 220. 220, okay. A little more. Not as yeah. extreme as Chris, but you do want it no. higher up. All right. Mm-hmm. So, for the most part, it seems like we agree with the players uh, with all their points. We're going to get into the owners' points now. Did I? If you guys probably did more prep than I did. Did I miss any of the things that the players want? Uh, let me take a look. Um, the players want everything. ESPN yeah. had a terrific graphic last night, and I should have taken a picture of it because they had exactly what everyone wanted. I think I got most of it, though. I got it? Uh, uh, yeah, you got most of it. Right. I'm... Right, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to the owners' side now. And we'll see how we how we fare with the owners. The first thing the owners want. This is the main thing. Um, b- besides from war arbitration, which Davin you agree with, and we 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 talked about it already. They want expanded playoffs. They want to go from four uh, from ten teams to anywhere between ten and sixteen, or excuse me, twelve and sixteen teams. So uh, I think I've made my 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 opinion very obvious on this. I'll I'll give it again in a few minutes. But I want to hear what uh, Davin you have to say first. I'm a very, very big proponent of the expanded playoffs in the MLB. I, I think that a 14-team playoff would incentivize the middle market teams to really try and push and compete. I I disagree with the middle of the pack team. I, I, I disagree with that. If you have a team like the Kansas City Royals, who are 500 and are holding the last playoff spot, do you think they go out there and spend, or being the cheap Kansas City Royals they are, say, we're already in a spot, we don't need to go out there and upgrade? It, dep- it depends on the environment. If they if they feel that they're in the position to win, and they have, and I feel like, you know, they're they're almost there. The Royals, they're completing a rebuild. I think they're going to be competing very soon. That's not the point. But right, right now, where they are, if they just, if they pursued... If they pursued a starting pitcher or something like a trade, I feel like that would push them over the edge, and maybe it incentivizes them a little bit to 
try and you know, make a far playoff and make a deep playoff push. I, I, I'm just stepping in the shoes of, of a of a cheap major league owner. If I am holding the 14th and final playoff spot, I don't know if I would go out there and, and make a big trade to get up my prospects or or have a big signing in the offseason that would put me over the top. Meanwhile, if I'm three games out of a, out of a playoff spot in a 10-team race, I know I have to make my team better because I'm still outside looking in. So I feel like being on the outside, trying to get into the playoffs, incentivizes you more to trade, more to spend. I think, I think there's definitely a lot of strategy in that. And that's why teams like the Royals, you know, they have good executives, they have good people in charge making the decisions because the owners can't make that decision themselves. Chris, what are your thoughts? And with a 14-team playoff, I, I also think it it's going to be more entertaining for the fan watching. I don't think it will be because, you know, you saw it like the Brewers. They were third place in their division, and I hate the Brewers. I have showed that a lot. Third pl- if you're third place in your division, what is the point of trying to win your division or trying to buy? What is the point of trying to be competitive? Third place I'm in your division. I'm series, talking, Chris. You shouldn't be able to make the playoffs in, if you're at third place in your division, in my opinion. The max I will do is 12 teams. I, 12 teams making the playoffs. Right now, I would like to say it's basically eight teams making the playoffs. If you want to account for the, the losers of the wild card, go ahead. But I would like to say the max I will do is actually either 10 or 12. I, I, what I think, it, it's like eight teams that make the playoffs, actually. I'm not going to count the losers of the wild card. Yeah. Okay? So I will. the maximum I will do is 12. I will take 10 or 12 teams actually making, like, you know, the semifinals or whatever it's called of the actual playoffs. That's what I would, would do. I do I not want to see 14 teams. I do not want to see 14 teams. So essentially, including the wild card, you want 14 playoff teams. I want 12. I think uh, 10 to 12 is uh, fitting for... Excluding, or, wait, including or excluding the wild card game? Uh, excluding the losers of the wild card. So that so that would be 14 playoff teams? Uh, no, that would be 12, because I'm not counting... Okay, I, let me rephrase. I would like... Uh, I want 12 teams. That's 14, I, Chris. But I'm also not counting the play, the wild card. Okay, I think I said that the wrong way. Um, time out, breathe, restart. <laughs> um, I would like 12 teams. I don't want to see 14 teams. I don't want to see half the league make it, okay? And thinking about it more, I don't want to see 16 teams make it. Mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, a quarter of the teams making it, in my opinion, is fine. That's, that's a quarter of the league. I don't want to see half of the league make it. So would, we you, saw would, that would, 20- would, would you go from 10 right now to 12? Uh, I'm fine with that. I would like to see how it goes. Um, because I'm just curious. I'm curious to see how it goes and I'm curious to see if it works out well. If here, here's how all goes. I'll, I, I, I know I'm very against expanded playoffs and whatnot. I know they're, they're not, it's not really very popular unless you're Rob Davin here, but if giving 12 playoff teams means that and my little, my, my, my little cheat sheet here. If that means there's no seven inning double headers and there's no runner on second base and I get the which we're gonna get to in a second, the polum rule, if I get that in both leagues, then I will go to twelve playoff teams. I would use that as a bargaining chip to get the on field rules I I wanna change or keep the same rather. I would use it as a bargaining tool with the I greatly agree teams, there. Which I which I think is gonna be 
the the main chip. That and the expanded DH will all be used as bargaining chips. But the only way I would go to 12 playoff teams is if I got those changes that I just said, with the no starting doubleheaders, the no runner on second base, the pull-em rule, maybe even a pitch clock, stuff like that. I would use that as a bargaining chip. I would not go above 12 playoff teams, though, in, in for, for anything. didn't matter. I would not go past 12. Yeah, without a doubt. I agree with you there. So, Robert. It's a great bargaining chip. Robert, I'm, I'm me and Chris are going to join one side here, and I'll, I'll ask you the same question. I'll give you 12 playoff teams. Will you give me a pitch clock, the pull-em rule, which I know you guys know, and we'll explain it in a second, no no seven-inning doubleheaders and no extra, inner, no extra inning runner on second base. Would you do that? Yeah. You would. So you would do 12 yeah. playoff teams for, the, for all that. Fine. See, why can't they put us in this room? We get this stuff done in, in 10 minutes. See, see the, we, we, we're we not leaving the room in seven minutes. You know, we're no, not. That, the, that, that was an embarrassment. And, you know, of course, the first guy to leave is the Colorado Rockies owner. Oh, for, did, was he course. actually the first guy out? That was on the news. He was the first guy out, apparently. So, <laughs> of course, it's the Rockies. Oh, that, right. That's a, that's a fun visual. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we can agree with that. So with that being said, do we, after what we've read here, do we agree more with the owners or with the players? I'll start with you, Davin. I I absolutely agree with the players. I think the owners need to. Uh... Wake up. You own a Major League Baseball team. Obviously, you'll bring in more revenue if you win. Spend some money. But there's also going to be limitations. There there has to be limitations, of course. Uh, I, I get where they're coming from in the matter of these players are getting paid too much. But you make too much money and too much too much revenue is coming in for you to just pocket it. When you when you own a major league baseball team, you need to make sacrifices. I will I will say, Robert, you do seem to be sort of in the middle. You saw the players, yes, but you do also feel for the owners a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? I side with the players because I think the players are kind of looking at the bigger issues of the sport and really trying to focus on those. While the owners just want to pocket their money, they want to save it. The players are actually looking at these issues and saying, let's try to fix these. Let's make the sport that we are playing, that, and, we, and they want the fans to enjoy it. Because that's what I think they're trying to do, and I agree with the players there. I think the players are right, and I'm siding with them. I side with the players also, and I, I, I look at it, at it from, a, from a different perspective. The owners are essentially dangling money, or, or, or excuse me, holding money back from the players, so i.e. not giving them earlier free agency, so holding money back from them in exchange for the players not agreeing with their new dumb on-field rule changes like the runner on second and and extra innings and the, the well, expanded playoff. That's what I'm playing for. So I almost feel it's very, it, it is, it's screwed up that the owners are not letting these guys get the free agency earlier and are trying to keep the, the money for themselves and change the game at the same time. Like it's very selfish for them. I think the players are at fault too a, a little bit. I'm not going to blame it all on the owners, but I, I tend to agree with the players a little more than, than most people. Anything else, guys? Uh, one more thing that I actually saw. Did anyone hear about the idea that the owners want to offer a $1 billion pool to replace uh, arbitration? No, I salary didn't. Arbitration. Uh, I, I read up on it. They just want to – it's like a $1, million, $1 billion pool. I don't know if it's per team or just per the league. Um, in the immediate thought, I don't like it. I feel like the arbitration is fine right now, and I just think over time – Players are going to be saying, we need more money in this pool. 
I, I don't know why. I just think over time, this is going to become a bigger issue for the players. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's a band-aid. Yeah, I, I, that's, I think... That, that's a band-aid. I think arbitration's fine. We just reduce the years to their free I think uh, we'll all be cool with that. But guys, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have you on. Not a lot now, because there's no baseball to talk about. But when we do get back, you guys will be on. But uh, I'll be back on Monday, and remember to wear your seatbelt. <laughs>